Hello everyone, welcome to Time Flies, this is Anti, and today I have a very different type of episode that I've been wanting to make for a while, and this is the philosophy of Spider-Man. Now, bear with me if that sounds weird, what it means is analyzing the character, how fiction can teach us something about philosophy, what Spider-Man really means to me and my friend, um, and it's just a casual conversation around about philosophy in storytelling, right? Uh, now, this conversation is with my friend Jesus. Uh, we're both from Ecuador, and I grew up with him. Uh, we both studied filmmaking, and yeah, we've been friends for, for years. I recently moved to England, so I moved away from home. So our first language is Spanish. It's kind of weird for both of us to be having a conversation, a full conversation in English. So please uh, forgive us if it sounds kind of awkward at times. It's not because we're awkward people. Well, it's because of that too. But I think you would really enjoy it. He shares a bit of his life philosophy, his perspective on this amazing superhero, which we both believe has a very deep philosophy into it. And yeah, that's about it. I really hope you enjoyed the interview. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Time Flies. I'm right here with my friend back from Ecuador, Jesus. Jesus, how are you? I'm pretty good. <laughs> nice. So... We've we've been friends for a few years and unfortunately we're not in the same place so we are recording this sat down as we would like to but making a call both of us our first language is Spanish so it's weird for us to speak in English but we're gonna try our best and and yeah it's awesome to have you Jesus uh, tell us a bit of uh, what you are what you are who, who you are what do you do lately and <laughs> what the hell are you <laughs> yeah, what you are tell us what you are <laughs> go for it. What kind of being are you? <laughs> what kind of creature? <laughs> so what is it that you do? Uh, well, I studied film. Um, I love uh, writing. I'm, I'm and I'm aspiring mm -hmm. novelist. And nice. yeah, that's basically it. I I want to be a screenwriter slash novelist slash I don't know a thinker. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I love it. So the thing is that. This this podcast is, is really focused on, on philosophy, right? And that's something interesting because you said the other day that we've both been kind of like uh, growing up, always going towards the side of philosophy, trying to explain things happening in our lives and trying to explain how to live a better life, right? So how would you describe your, your philosophy in a few words? What is it that you believe in? How is it different to stoicism? And yeah, what, what is your view on life? Well, uh recently i've i've been like uh watching some videos about stoicism because i i think i had like a a misconception about it and i think that now that i i think i understand it a little better i find more connections to buddhism which i really like mm -hmm. uh at least like the original word of of the buddha but uh in a few words i think overall after studying a lot of philosophies my philosophy would be like um, the, just the power of the mind and manifestation, which that counts, kind of sounds like kind of new age, mm -hmm. the secret ideas, which are kind of right, hippie. It, <laughs> they had been like uh, distorted in some kind of yeah, definitely. Uh, like bullshit mentality. But but I think I I keep it in a in a grounded way. But I I found that like the mindset, you know, like if you have a clear mindset, uh, things mm -hmm. do start to. To make more sense, to to have connections that you would normally not would not perceive, right. and that that is what gives you like 
certain certain like like calm mindset that I think it's it does connect to stoicism with with like how to how to handle emotions and in certain situations situations <laughs> <laughs> right yeah so so you you think it's not kind of this idea of the secret these kind of books that tell you a quick fix solution to everything but it's kind of changing your mentality to change your reality kind of thing right yeah right and i think that uh like my my own like art artistic uh like procedure, like my artistic path, you could say, mm -hmm. uh, through writing, through painting, through through making film, especially. Mm -hmm. Like I think it, it's it's all like been towards my own like self reflection. Like I would make stories to to make sense the ideas of my mind, basically, you know. Right. And I think that that has worked. And uh another philosophy that i'm really uh, acquainted to is like uh, hermeticism okay which is which is it sounds like more esoteric in its nature but mm -hmm. uh, for me it's an it's like i can apply it to my art because i think art is like li literally mental manifestation in the in the third dimension in like Mm -hmm. building something physical to express an an ethereal or intangible emotion you know right so i think that's a really magical process and there's some thinkers like uh, alan moore or terence mckenna that talk more about this and i think if you really understand it it's not uh, something crazy to think about like you could literally uh, manipulate uh, or Ma make more malleable the the emotional mindset that someone can have mm -hmm. through uh through through touching them emotionally with something artistic like a painting right. or a song or a poem that really touches them right and i think that's magic in the literal sense <laughs> yeah <laughs> no that's amazing the power of words the power of story and that's exactly what i want to focus this episode on we are both um lovers of films right like we love a lot of characters in different films and we studied filmmaking but what i want to focus on is on that power that you talk about of of a story how it can how it like modern films like films are a representation of ancient myths i don't know if you agreed on that but but that's why i want to analyze something as spider-man right so what we're going to be talking in this episode about is the philosophy of spider-man so first if if there was someone who doesn't know who spider-man is how would you describe the character Mm, in a few words, I would describe Spider-Man as a as a teenager or some as someone like it's it has like it, his phrase uh, encapsulates it all like with great power comes comes great responsibility like mm -hmm. he's a boy with a lot of potential mm -hmm. and he has to handle it and not like abuse that power and be corrupted and and use it for good. Right. Like that's how I would describe the character. Right. And Peter Parker is a boy that that by chance has this potential, and he uses it for good. And the other day I was thinking like about the Raimi movies, mm -hmm. and it came up to, to me the idea that in those movies they really make clear that all his villains like they're basically they have similar uh, like origin stories to its core with him. Like mm -hmm. they have some some uh 
experimental scientific uh, anomaly uh, disaster or accident right. happening to them. In the case of Peter, he was being bitten by a spider. Uh, the Green Goblin has that experiment. Mm. The their robot arms of Doctor Otto Octavius go wrong, right. and they all like get corrupted by the power that they get, and they want to use it for like domination and destruction. Mm. But Peter is like literally the only one that takes responsibility with that power and wants to use it for like for literally for the I don't know how to say it in English the the mm -hmm. the pro like the, the prójimo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe uh, like the greater good or to help others. No, yeah, the other like the great other. I okay. would just say right, right, right to like save he, other people. Yeah, like yeah, Peter is is someone that wants to use his own potential for like mm -hmm. for protecting others, not necessarily only the ones he loved, but the entire city, you know. And that right. I think that's really uh, a good set of values to grow up with and I, that's why i think that that uh, the character of peter parker resonates so much with so many people you know right and and that's what i want to emphasize on i think a lot of people are huge spider-man fans uh, me and you included and if there's anyone listening to this episode that came especially for spider-man i think it would be really interesting to see the philosophical side of it but for those of you who may be are more focused on philosophy and you're trying to see why does it link with with the Spider-Man or, you know, like fictional characters. Why do you think it's important to understand the philosophical side of Spider-Man? Why why do we see some philosophy in Spider-Man? I think it's uh, like how I said, like we, we all can relate with like feeling that we can be better with our own set of abilities. And we could go like either a wrong way or do it uh, like not for not for corruption. I think a good, I mean, power is a it's a really vast. It like it it, it holds uh, a large set of things, you know. Right, right. Like power, it, it's a symbol. I, I mean, if you see power as a symbol in all stories, I think you can relate to it in a in a more direct way with your own life. And I think like. Power in, in a real world, mm -hmm. it could be like linked to, to money, to wealth, right. to social wealth, right? Right. And for, for example, like people normally get corrupted by power. And, and initially, like, for example, politicians could be mm -hmm. like, they start with good ideals, but then they get easily corrupted when they, are, they have the access to power. Right. And I think the, the beautiful aspect of spider-man that i can think of is like he uses his power for good and he i mean i i have thought about it because literally in another universe like peter parker uh, doesn't have a secret identity and he's like a type of iron man like he's a millionaire okay but that that spider-man is not is not like a i don't know like a, a humble servant mm. to society Mm, uh, okay. And I think that's why, like, the secret identity aspect of, of Peter Parker is also so much, it's, like, so beautiful about it because he keeps it a secret. Like, he doesn't take all the credit for what he does. Right. And that's what that beautiful also aspect of Spider-Man that anyone can be Spider-Man. And uh, Stan Lee said, said it better that the powerful aspect of, of Spider-Man's mask is that 
he's covered all all around. Spider-Man doesn't show any skin like Batman or Superman. Right. So literally anyone can see themselves in that in that suit. Wow. And it, either it's a woman or a man or a black man or right. any kind of face. Anyone can be Spider-Man. That face resonates with anyone. And for example, reading a comic book, mm-hmm. you hear his thoughts. Right. <laughs> and you instantly relate with that blank space that it's that that uh, face with two bright white eyes. So expressive eyes, you know? Wow. No, that's amazing. I think it's that power of just doing the right thing without the recognition. And that's that's what's so beautiful about Spider-Man. Like Marcus Aurelius, uh, the Stoic philosopher, Stoic emperor, he was one of the most powerful men in Earth. I mean, he was the most powerful man in Earth at his time. And it's that thing of doing the right thing not expecting for recognition. Like he, he was the last of the five good emperors in Rome. And he he never wanted to boast beliefs on people. He didn't he didn't use his power to profess his philosophy. He did the right thing regardless of the recognition. So that's that's a beautiful thing about a Spider-Man. He doesn't require he doesn't need that recognition. And I love that thing you said about the mask. It's behind the mask and it's covering his whole body. So you it can literally be anyone. So that's amazing. Uh, why do you identify with Spider-Man? Mm, I think uh, uh, now I, I'm going to get into into the Spider-Verse, as you could say. Right. Yeah. yeah. Which is which is the latest <laughs> film that got us inspired to do this to do this interview. But but yeah, if in case anyone has not seen it, I really recommend we you go watch it because we might spoil some things. So yeah, just go ahead and compare it to that film, which was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, going back to what I said earlier about art, uh, mm-hmm. I think that movie uh, showcases it uh, more clearly, like connected to art, because Miles is an is an artist. I uh, he is a great drawer and he he paints. And remember how how he when he was like stressed out in his house, yeah. his own his own form of escape was like drawing and listening to music, mm-hmm. and he felt relaxed with music. Right. Uh, when he was with comfort, comfortable with his uncle, he was like painting. The moment he got bit by the spider, huh. he's taking a picture of the of the piece of art that right. he's just feeling so good about. Huh. And back when he, uh, like, when he also get his powers and he can't control them, uh, Peter at the one moment he's like, "Miles, relax. You gotta relax. What yeah. do you do? Relax." And he literally <laughs> sings. Yeah, like a needless to say. It's a good song. I have right. to check the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of know it, but no, it's pretty hard. Needless to say, I keep her in check. She was a bad man. <laughs> right, carry on. Sorry. What is your point with that? So, uh, as I was saying, like, right. even later in the film, uh, Miles, when he finally, like, uh, takes the mantle of Spider-Man and, and he's fully, like, mm-hmm. like, uh, in peace with himself, you could say. Right. He takes an original uh, Peter Parker suit and he paints it with with black uh, painting, right, right. like black spray painting, and and he like makes his own design of the spider in his chest. Right. And that like for me that's a a clear uh, like connection with his artistic mm. impulse and his desire and his final like uh, achievement of overcoming the the obstacle that is the responsibility of becoming Spider-Man, you know? Right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. that so, resonated with me 
maybe even more than the late like the last mm -hmm. spider-man uh right in, on a personal level because i never related that until i i saw it like reflected in the on that aspect of that this latest film right and sorry yeah that, that thing is that it's, it's beautiful the way he he creates his own art he creates his own design right and that just is a feeling of choosing his own identity because if i remember right that in that part of the film he's coming back to to the phrases he's he's learned from his father his uncle from peter from the other universe peter b parker and mm -hmm. i love that phrase i want to know your opinion on that but he says when will i know i'm a spider-man right which means when will i know i'm ready to to make this decision to to do this thing you won't and, and he said yeah you it's won't it's a leap of faith <laughs> that's a beautiful <laughs> phrase and it's just like that's 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 right in anything we do in life we always wait for that right moment um to to for the moment moment to come so we can make the decision so we can make the jump right but it will never come it's just a leap of faith so how, how do you interpret that mm, well i have a a lot of feelings about that, <laughs> right. that specific phrase because <laughs> right, right. because i you know me for a long time yeah. i used to tease all the time when about the moment uh, comes when the moment comes i'll know it yes <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anytime I was like uh, deep in love, lost and confused, based and confused, as you could yes. say in the, yeah. in those teenage years, I would like say, "When the moment comes, I'll understand." <laughs> right. I, I I had li I literally had fantasies about a moment where like, poof, <laughs> it just comes. just aligned and made sense. Mm -hmm. And now, as I got older, <laughs> I gotta say that. The moment always comes and goes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Never stays. There's, there's like divine moments of truth mm -hmm. uh, sometimes mm -hmm. that you feel that. But I don't think you should like be afraid when that moment also goes away. Because mm -hmm. if life would, would stay like that forever, yeah. uh, it would get boring eventually. <laughs> right, right. No change. And without change, we can't exist. Change is necessary. Yeah, yeah I... Uh, this comes to mind to me uh, from uh, a phrase from uh, Emil E. M. Sioran. Sioran. I don't know how to speak, uh, mm -hmm. like pronounce it in English, but he's a, a Roman, not Roman, Romanian French Romanian. French philosopher, okay. existentialist, okay. Uh, from the 20th century, and he said uh, something on the line of uh, the the beautiful. Uh, inconsistency of life is what makes it tolerable, huh. which is something that I think relates to that, and, and right. it really resonated with me. Because, right, life like you have to like use your philosophy and your your mind and be active on your thought processes to like make the most sense of life uh, and apply it to your own like life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for, for yourself, but. It, it would never like fully make sense and I think that's what happened with Peter like with with miles in that moment like he understood that that he'll never know for sure if he's like up to the job up to the task of right. of being spider-man uh, but he has to try because anyone can be spider-man and he has the 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 gift you could say yeah. of being it and he had to he has to like jump and take that leap of faith right and now that I think about the movie, uh, a beautiful aspect is that, like, they showcase you the the ideal Ubermensch uh, 
mm-hmm. perfect super Spider-Man at the beginning, like the 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 Peter Parker from Miles Universe. Mm-hmm. He's like the the perfect Peter he's Parker. Perfect. He, yes, yeah. <laughs> he's blonde. <laughs> yeah, right. Of course, he's perfect. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, like he did everything right. He he saved the city. He mm-hmm. fell in love. I I love how they they showcase the origin story. Right. But then the the heartbroken part is that he dies. Right. He dies as a hero, but he dies. Right. And ob- obviously this this has a a really heavy weight on Miles because he now has the gift of being Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. But it, I think it it like makes makes it really clear for him that. It's a serious thing. I mean, it's not a game being Spider-Man. It's a, it's a really uh, dangerous and <laughs> potentially death-threatening responsibility that that uh, that comes with taking that mantle. And mm-hmm. where was I going with it? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I love, I love what you said. You talked about perfection and trying to achieve perfection. Like we will never be that ideal self fully, right? All we can do, and according to the Stoics, this is something they say, all we can do is try to aim every day towards being our ideal self. And the Stoics have a word for this, which is the Stoic Sage, which is the perfect Stoic that you will never reach. And is the ideal Spider-Man that you will never reach to be. Miles will never be the perfect Spider-Man. And that's that's a crazy thing. I, there's a phrase that Peter B. Parker, the older Spider-Man, says to Miles, is you can't think about saving the world. You have to think about saving one person. So what do you think of that phrase? It's a beautiful phrase. Yeah, I think it's like it's like uh, connecting the importance of like subjective and objective truth, right. which I think to the core, when you understand subjective truth, mm-hmm. it's the same as objective truth. <laughs> and it's like... Uh, And I think once you really understand that, it's like an infinite love idea of unconditional love towards the other. Right. Like, like, uh, yeah, you don't, you shouldn't have like preferences over people that would potentially would like make you, I don't know, like, like do harm to some right. for the benefit of others. Like, I think that that phrase of Peter is like. Being Spider-Man is, I mean, I, I also think that the beautiful thing about Spider-Man is that he's, I mean, he's uh, overpowered. I mean, he, he has superpowers. Mm-hmm. He has uh, super agility and super strength and all that, enhanced senses, uh, right. webbing, Spider uh, sense. all that. Right. But but he's not an, uh, an especially overpowered superhero. He's, right. he's like almost as an... Uh, like m- almost like a human being he's not superman but, you know <laughs> exactly. yeah he's not yeah he's not like thor or hulk right right so so the value of of this phrase is that he takes the same importance of being able to save one person if that's what he can do right because it's like if you uh, get lost in the ideal of no i just have to make long term big scale things you will not never achieve them right. you have to like first one step at a time you have to progress in your in your success in, the, in your like line of success and be patient because that that's the best way uh, to 
think about like being able to save the world like from yourself and that also uh, can be connected to spiritual and philosophical growth you know like first you have to mm. get your inner shit together <laughs> right. to be able even try to say something about right. uh, 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 some self-improvement with confidence mm -hmm. instead of like if you just uh, have like the big scale things in your mind you're going to be absent from that present moment that inner uh, subjective truth and present moment right no that's perfect it goes back to when we're learning when we're learning about philosophy when we're learning about improving ourselves we often say, okay, I, I want to change everything about me. I recognize these bad habits. I recognize these bad attitudes I have towards life. And you want to change everything at once. And you can't change your whole identity in one day, especially if you've been building it for, in our case, for 22 years, right? Some people, a lot more years when, when they first start to want to change. So we can't change it in one day. So we have to take it one step at a time, as you said, or one day at a time. Or even even when you go further, which is... I want to change the world, right? With my art, with whatever I create, with, what, with whatever I contribute to the world, I want to change the world. And you can't change it all at once. You have to change one person's life at the time, make one little, one little positive change to the world at the time, right? Yeah. Like, for example, with this conversation, mm -hmm. uh, with one person, like, uh, really listen, listening to what we're saying yeah, and really right. resonating with it, that can make a difference to a certain extent, right? Right, that is the goal. That's it. That's all we can achieve for. Because if, <laughs> if we want to change the world with this podcast, if we want to change the world with one interview, uh, that's going to have a lot of weight in our shoulders. It's like the weight of a Spider-Man. But if, if we just benefit someone's, <laughs> someone's life, somehow... We're so full of ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> just benefiting someone, that, that makes a big difference. Yeah. Right. Uh, I'm I'm curious about one thing. I don't know if, mm -hmm. if you actually mm. know this, but I'm I'm curious about uh, you said about the uh -huh. how do you said that the the sage the, the stoic the, sage yeah yeah sage uh, in history there has been has there ever ever been like someone that that the stoics would call the stoic sage Ooh, for that, sure yeah that's interesting so. Um, each of the fam famous Stoics, like you have Marcus Aurelius, Seneca, and Epictetus, each one of them kind of had someone who they look up to. And even though they wouldn't say they were perfect, they, they did say that Socrates was the closest to get to a sage and another Stoical Cato the Younger. And sometimes, not them, I've, I've heard some modern Stoics talk about this, but they've said that even Jesus is, is a sage, right? Someone who is really close to perfection. So they say they come after a thousand of years every now and again, and I'm sure... Even the Stoics would recognize Buddha as, as a sage. So yeah, definitely there has been something close to it. And that's the people they kind of name. But mm -hmm. all we can do is strive to be like that. It's a role model that we can achieve. Oh, that's pretty interesting mm -hmm. because that's another like connection to Buddhism that I find yeah. between the two philosophies that uh, I didn't know about. Mm -hmm. Because in Buddhism, you get to enlightenment, right? That's right. the whole point. Right. But... The enlightened beings, I mean, it's kind of <laughs> subjective, subjective, like who is enlightened or not, because enlightened ones have been like being, they're known as that because others like would point them out and say, mm. yeah, that, that is an enlightened being <laughs> right? because there's really uh, a measurement of what is being enlightened, right? Right. How can you know? That's, that's why I think the, the Buddha himself said like, 
mm-hmm. you have to I mean you can learn a lot about me but at, to the at the end I want you to always question my thoughts mm, and right. always you have to always like adapt them to your own philosophy and to your own personal growth to your own path you would say right and that way the buddha like he never wanted anyone to 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 idolize him or to make statues about him <laughs> right. uh, he never wanted to be represented or be remembered in any special way because to the end of his life, he always said, I'm just a man. <laughs> right, right. That's powerful. Wow. Yeah. And and I think that really connects with that uh, stoic sage yeah. that you're talking yeah. about. Because, because I don't think anyone that that others would point out as a, as an stoic sage would really say like, yeah, I'm the stoic sage. <laughs> right. <me."> right. <laughs> it's that humility, which, no, no, I love what you said. And I think definitely Buddhism has some some certain characteristics that that make it similar to stoicism as well and yeah it kind of depends on what type of person you are i think both philosophies have something good to offer depending on how you look the world like for me stoicism works better i know that for you buddhism works better but it's going back to him to having your role models to knowing to know who to who to kind of follow and just to be humble in that learning process right and and yeah and that's that's another thing about spider-man like he is humbly learning from his own experience and from the message that his uncle Ben left, left him, right? In the original uh, films or in the original comics, there's always that phrase of with a great power comes great responsibility. But mm-hmm. what do you think is the importance of that phrase? I mean, let's, let's try to analyze that phrase a little bit because it's a really powerful thing that Spider-Man always has to learn that with a great power comes great responsibility. Uh, I think it really relates to Uncle Ben, to the mm-hmm. court, that's an untouched uh, point, mm, and right. that I think the great power is also like you—you you have to like follow that inner intuition and like not not like not like uh, being worsted by our negative experiences. And I think that also connects to right. stoicism, but like learning learning about those experiences for for the future, you know. Right. And Uncle the 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 most important key aspect of of what makes uh, Peter like realize that he has to become Spider-Man is is the moment when Uncle Ben dies because he he feels really guilty about it right. he feels like it was his fault but he has to live with that burden uh, through through his whole life and for example that right. uh, going back to the comics and and the well the Amazing Spider-Man films yeah. this this immense itself with the with the death of Wen, yeah. which which Peter also has to live with uh, with the guilt. Oh, in that movie, it's even the the Captain Stacy's. Death. <laughs> <laughs> like right. everyone that dies around Peter Parker is kind of his fault because he's Spider-Man. Right. That's a burden, and that's why he hides his identity as well, right? Because yeah. that power is a burden of of knowing that you have your enemies and knowing that they will want to destroy the people around you. So like that that's my question uh, regarding Uncle Ben and all, all the death that he has to deal with. How how can we deal with grief? How can we deal with the death of loved ones? I mean, I think the best ex- example is yeah. Peter Parker, which is like right. make it a symbol for yourself. Make it like a uh like a like like a metaphor that is that is uh, showcasing for yourself in your life and you have to like learn from it right 
I, that's why I like uh, like I think fiction is important because mm-hmm. I think you kind of have to look at your own life as a fictional story and <laughs> and see like where the story arc is going like where is my character building up to <laughs> right right and, right and I I don't want to be I don't want to be a character that is like I'm I'm like <laughs> I really think that life should be treated lightly so I treat my life mm-hmm. as a game but I, I want to take the game seriously like i want to play the character uh to have a a satisfying story arc and if something bad happens or if a mistake Mm -hmm. uh, occurs to me i want to like learn from it and and grow from it and i think uh the stories that resonate most with people are about the the path of the hero right Right. Uh, the hero that fails and and uh, as like they say in spider-verse Mm-hmm. Even when he falls down, he always Spider-Man always uh, put his himself back up. I think that's the phrase. Yeah. And yeah, I think that that's what connects with it. Right. It's amazing the Stoics. Uh, there's a quote I can't remember uh, completely, but it's something about we are given a role in life. We're given this character, and we're born into a family. We're born into a, a specific circumstance in life, right? And so that's something that's outside of our control. But what we can control is what we do with it, how how we live that life in the best possible way. I, I just thought about mm-hmm. uh, you were saying like how to handle grief, and right. that's direct also in the movie with uh, someone who can't handle grief in a normal way, which with, who is ah, kingpin. Yes, great topic. Yeah, like his family dies right. because of uh, to the core is for his fault, but he. Instead of like taking for, taking it for himself, he blames the Spider-Man, right. and on top of that, he can't handle it, and he wants like change the nature of reality to <laughs> to bring his family back, which is like wow. completely uh, greedy, like greedy and uh, selfish for himself. Like he doesn't care to alter reality in a negative way. Right. Just having his selfish uh, desire to bring someone back that. You shouldn't be able to do. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So, so this character, right? He he lost his wife, his his kid, which is everything that he values in the world, right? We we know the character from other films, from from other storylines, and and we know that he only cares about that. So, that's a really bad way to deal with grief. If you lose the one thing you care about, if your whole identity is based around one person or or you know your family or just one thing, and you're nothing without it. You you can deal with it in a healthy way, so that's that's the main difference with Spider-Man and, and Kingpin. One knows how to deal with grief, the other one doesn't know how to. This this also happens to to many Spider-Man villains like Harry Osborn or right. Otto Octavius. His wife dies. Uh, even even or well, uh, Sandman's uh, kid is not dead, but he he makes like something bad because of with that excuse like they always make it on the excuse of of being able to handle their their like inner person personal affections i mean all the villains like can't oh, handle that but right. peter can i, I had to say <laughs> no, no, yeah that, that's true i think what makes i was gonna ask you what what is, what makes a hero in real life because we have the superheroes that physically have powers right but what is it that makes a hero a hero and i think it's that that way to deal with with life circumstances such as death of loved ones peter knows how to deal with it i mean not instantly necessarily but he knows 
in the long run how to overcome it and how to use it for his advantage. But yeah, to you, what what does it mean to be a hero in real life? Mm, it's like recognizing your potential and being able to use it for good and mm -hmm. uh, not for just for self-recognition and i think that's the powerful aspect of the secret identity mm -hmm. because the, the point it it should never be like your own uh, selfish recognition and that's the beautiful aspect of of superheroes that take the mantle and and want to become something literally greater than themselves assemble as as Batman would say. <laughs> right, right. That 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 thing of the symbol, right? That that's what you said about the mask, uh, giving you that potential to live your own life and do the thing that you know is right without the recognition. No, I love that. Um, uh, kind of like to wrap it up a little bit. What I have this one question that I usually ask uh, to people that come in the podcast, which is, mm -hmm. is about Stoics, but because this is a, this is a, an episode about Spider Man, I want you to choose. One Spider-Man character. It could be Peter Parker himself. It could be Uncle Ben. Whoever you you wish to, to to choose. But the question is, if you could have a conversation with one of them, what would you ask? Mm, damn. <laughs> you always say that that question. <laughs> yeah, 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 but with the Stoics, I always ask uh, if you could oh, okay. if you could have a conversation with the Stoic. What would you ask? <laughs> so the same yeah. with the Spider-Man character. Or Spider-Man himself. Mm. Think about it. Think about it. <laughs> Damn, it's a really good question. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, I I would never mm -hmm. imagine that, but I, I would really ask about to Peter. But mm -hmm. I don't know what exactly it could be. I don't know, like. How do you how do you keep a job and do that? It takes a lot of time, man. How much do you sleep? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great one. No, because you know what? I, I was I was thinking of Spider-Man. When we have a job on one side, right? Or we have to study, we're students, whatever it is. We have that one thing that's stable and is what society expects from us. But then on the side, we have a passion. We have art. We have something we're creating. We have this podcast. We have something specific, right? How do we deal with yeah. that when there's no social recognition when there's no money in the way when there's no no yeah no recognition in that right yeah it's about finding that inner force right so i think mm, right <laughs> i don't know uh, you don't you never know it's a leap of faith it's a leap of faith <laughs> yes it is right <laughs> big answer from him now i know thanks to this movie <laughs> right uh, i wanted to also add about miles mm -hmm. that the fact that he's he's great laws in life is his uncle Right. I think it 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 also uh, like makes a a deeper profundization in in the role model because his uncle mm -hmm. is deeply flawed. He's a villain, right? But he's still like he's still an important figure for Miles, and and in the end, Miles decides to remember him for what he was for him, right. not for the villain. It's not like Miles instantly thinks. Fuck this guy! I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna never care about him because he was a villain, and I'm glad he's dead. No, he's like, he was my uncle, and and even if he failed and in his path and became became a villain, right. he 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 taught me things, and and I will always cherish him. And yeah. I think that's a beautiful thing that that is important for kids because sometimes we have role models that, for our society, they're criminals mm -hmm. or they 
I don't know, they're drug users or they're, they are not on the lines of, of the common conception of, of good by society at that point in history. Right. But, if, but if we remember what, what they can teach us, uh, they're, they're great figures for, for ourselves. And I think that that's how we should view everyone, even the, the bad role models we can wow. learn from. That's, that's an interesting one. There's a, there's a story quote that you will love and is don't consider who said something. Just consider what is being said. So if someone who is technically not a good person, if they say something really wise that you could apply to your life, don't just discard it because he's a bad person, right? So anyone yeah. can be a role model, right? Exactly. Right. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, what else you got? Any extra thoughts? Um, any mm -hmm. villain that you would like to discuss? Any specific thing about Spider-Man that you love? Mm, yeah, I mean, I just uh, for the sake of like wrapping it up, <laughs> uh -huh, right. I would uh, also wanted to mention like all the other Spider-Man, like Peter B. Parker is also mm -hmm. a great example of that flawed uh, Spider-Man that right. like even Peter Parker with the years can like even just become like stale and and miserable <laughs> and that's also important because not not all our our role models have to have like uh, a deep uh, death or a tragic life sometimes it can be the everyday man the one that that just did the job until he eventually got old <laughs> you know <laughs> right and there's all the aspects of, of Spider-Man that is on their other characters, like Spider-Man, even the mm -hmm. the little Penny Parker, and even Peter Parker, which is like embracing the silliness uh, <laughs> as a thing. Like anyone can be Spider-Man. Anyone has that like that little spark that makes them special, you know. And I think that movie really explored it, and I'm and I'm really happy that this generation is having like this kind of influence. Like for many children, this will be the first Spider-Man that they will ever wow. see. Wow, that was a powerful thought because we've grown up with Spider-Man our whole lives. And like we watch every film a shit ton of times, right? Uh, growing yeah. up, growing up with the first Spider-Man films, like I know that that meant a lot for you and me. Like that's that's a big bond of our friendship. To be honest, like we are always quoting Spider-Man, yeah. which is amazing. <laughs> and it's such a, <laughs> right, like we know everything, especially in Spanish, right? But um, it's a beautiful gift to to steal have these kind of powerful films for the kids of this generation, right? And I'm really happy yeah. that they have this film. It's a beautiful film, man. Yeah, go check it out. The <laughs> Sony Spain. Not a sponsor. <laughs> Not a sponsor of the title. Right. This video is not Sony Pictures. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> We're not being paid for saying this. Uh, either way. <laughs> no, that's... <laughs> just <a sound. laughs> no, it's amazing. Um, any final thoughts? Any any other things? Thank you so much for being in here, man. Any <laughs> any final thoughts? Um, any final thoughts? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it was great. Um, thanks oh, for having me here. Awesome. Uh, I I think I I got lost myself. I lost myself. Maybe I talked too much. <laughs> no, don't well, worry, man. No, it's been <laughs> good. It's been good. Uh, no, uh, I, I love this this type of conversations. Keep it casual. Say, say that again. Letting me talk in, in your podcast it was a great experience, man. <laughs> awesome, man. Really appreciate it. All right. Um, do, do you have anything that you're currently creating that you may like anyone to see? Like, can we send them to any of your work? Maybe, maybe your short film. I don't know. <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> uh, well. My my work is mostly in Spanish. I don't mm -hmm. know if anyone 
would be interested in that kind of content, but mm-hmm. I make uh, movie reviews, uh, Cante Cuadro in Spanish. Right, I'll put it uh, in the link. It's kind of, okay, thank you. It's <laughs> right, kind of inconsistent. I haven't uploaded in a few months, but mm-hmm. there, there's my current uh, film uh, commentary in Spanish. I also made like a short film that I will be publishing soon. I mean, uploading soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not really yet there yet, but... <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's Perfect. what I'm doing. Awesome. So if anyone wants to check out your work, uh, I'll put the links in the description. And yeah, I mean, it's in Spanish. So if there's anyone who speaks Spanish, uh, you would really enjoy it. But either way, no, yeah, like your YouTube channel is, has always been really cool talking about uh, films deeply. And yeah, no, I love it. And I think a lot of people would get value out of that. So hopefully someone checks it out. I'll put it in the description. Awesome, man. All right. So thank you so much for being here and and yeah, <laughs> that's it. Bye, people, people from the world. Goodbye, good night. <laughs> With a great power <laughs> comes great responsibility. Yeah, that's the What's up, danger? What's up, What's up, Don't be a stranger. <laughs> All right, guys, I really hope you enjoyed that. Uh, thank you so much if you bear with us until the end. It just shows that you're probably a Spider-Man fan or you were interested, which we both uh, appreciate. So. Um, yeah, that's it. Uh, message me anytime at Time Flies Philosophy in Instagram. That is Time Flies Philosophy. Uh, you can message me there. We can have an awesome conversation about philosophy or even Spider-Man if you want to. Uh, but yeah, I think you would get value out of what I'm posting. I'm trying to post stoic quotes daily. And yeah, I'm also sharing a few of my personal thoughts on philosophy, which I really hope you're enjoying. Uh, what else? Yeah, I have a few... Yeah, I mean, I, I'm working on a few ideas, something I'm creating that I think you might really enjoy. But I still don't want to announce it until it's a bit more concrete. So, yeah, wait for that on future episodes and also in my Instagram. But for now, again, I really hope you enjoyed this episode and see you in the next one. Memento Mori. Bye. <laughs>